be with us uh, during this Sunday school time. Lord, pray that you'll bless, speak to our hearts through it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, we got a monitor coming, but so I'm not turning my back on you. I'm going to kind of get over here where I can see, make sure everything's working right, okay? And uh, so we're looking uh, this morning, as you can see up there, we're looking at the birth of Christ. And so go ahead and turn to the book of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And we're going to be reading several verses uh, today. And uh, uh, so we'll, we'll do a lot of reading at first, and we'll kind of tie some things together. But again, I really wanted to focus on the chronology of all of this. And, uh, you know, it's important that we understand, uh, you know, how these things unfold. Because, uh, you know, it, it, to me it's just important. You know, I think these things matter. God puts them in His Word. Uh, and there is a lot that we can learn from this uh, as well. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, know the Christmas story, okay? So we're not particularly teaching on that. But just to kind of set up a thought pattern here as we get ready to uh, get going on this series of, of Sunday School lessons. And uh, so we'll jump right into this, and we're hoping everything works uh, pretty good. And so the first thing we want to look at is just a, uh, uh, a series uh, of sequences, rather, in other words, just an overall view, and then we'll, we'll look at it. Uh, again, a lot of times we have these things out of order uh, or not understanding some things. Uh, most of us probably know. Uh, but, and again, I know these fonts are small, so bear with me. We'll try to do better next week. Uh, but the angel came to Mary, uh, then to Joseph, to, amount, to announce that the baby to be born would be the Son of God. And we're going to read these texts here in just a moment. Uh, after his birth, uh, the shepherds came to the manger uh, when the angels told them a Savior was born. And here's where a lot of people are kind of misunderstood. A lot of our nativity scenes really aren't correct. Uh, now, don't mean you have to go home and change it. I'm not saying it's anti-Christ or anything. Uh, but uh, we're going to see here that approximately two years later, uh, two years later after the birth of Christ, uh, the wise men came to Joseph and Mary's house, not, not to Bethlehem, uh, but to their house uh, uh, there in Nazareth, most likely, uh, to present the Lord with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so that's the sequence of events. And, and again, we're, we're going to go back through this and look at it. But I think that that's important uh, to, to, to understand. We notice there in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, uh, For unto you is born this day uh, in the city of David. We know that to be Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And, uh, of course, that was the announcement to the shepherds, and we'll break that down a little bit as well. So let's, let's kind of jump into this here. Story to be told. And the first thing you want to look at is the announcement to Mary. And so we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And if you have a question, I know I'm kind of on the blind side over here, so you don't, don't be afraid to interrupt me or, or throw a hymn book at me or something. Uh, but uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, notice uh, what the Bible says. Um, it says, uh, and in the sixth month, uh, that would be the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, uh, who was the mother of John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Uh, verse 28, and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou, art, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. That's a tremendous statement, by the way. 
uh, most believe that probably still in her teenage years, uh, so a, a godly young woman. Verse 31, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. Uh, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, uh, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall I be, seeing I know not a man? And, you know, folks, the virgin birth is crucial to the gospel of Christ. Amen? If there was no virgin birth, there would be no Savior. Uh, and so she asked the question, and the angel answered, verse 35, said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Amen. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, uh, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. Uh, and this is the sixth month with her uh, who was called barren. Of course, we know that to be the mother of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. Uh, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. And all God's people said, Amen to that. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto thee, to me, according to thy word. And the angel uh, departed uh, from her. And so again, we, we, we see here how these things broke down. Uh, the angel came to Mary, uh, then came to Joseph. Uh, uh, we'll read that here in just a moment. But uh, the announcement there to Mary, uh, and again, we see her willingness to accept what God has, has shared with her despite the you know, the, the amazement of all this. I mean, this, you know, could you imagine hearing, okay, you're a virgin, but you're going to have a baby anyway? Uh, and then immediately saying, okay, God, I'm trusting you. Uh, so we'll, we'll revisit that in just a moment. And uh, so Mary would go on and tell her uh, cousin Elizabeth uh, what had happened, uh, verse 39 uh, through 56. I want to go ahead and read that. Uh, and Mary in those days, uh, I'm sorry, and Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judah uh, and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Isn't that amazing to think about? You know, this just really, this whole thing just touches my heart. Uh, and she spake uh, with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women. Uh, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, uh, and whence is this to me, uh, that the mother of my Lord should come to me. And uh, so, you know, these ladies understood, you know, a little more, you know, than what we might realize even at this time. Um, and uh, verse 44, for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded uh, in mine ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy, and blessed is she that believe. Uh, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. You know, when we think about these things, even in the Old Testament, we're kind of in this transition period between the Old and the New, uh, as we, you know, look at the birth of Christ here. It's still all down to faith, isn't it? You know, it, it's about believing what God says uh, and then um, uh, responding to that uh, uh, in faith. And uh, so it's the same way uh, today, certainly with salvation and even trusting uh, the Lord uh, as well. And then uh, I won't take time to read it, but in verse uh, 46 through 56, uh, there is a wonderful, uh, almost a psalm somewhat, uh, that uh, Mary uh, uh, gives uh, that's uh, pretty interesting as well, very, very touching. Uh, but in verse 56, says, Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. And uh, so, so we have there the announcement to Mary and all the things that are connected uh, to that. 
and then uh, I want to look at the conception uh, of Christ explained to Joseph and then also the marriage itself. And uh, so Mary is found with child of the Holy Ghost. So Joseph is finding these things out. And uh, we don't know exactly how he knew, you know, fr from that, you know, to begin with. It appears that he did kind of understand that something, you know, was going on. And uh, so we we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1 to take a look at that. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph... And uh, I've taught on this before, you know, the Jewish espousal period was really like a marriage, you know, in, by all accounts, okay? And uh, so uh, it wasn't like, you know, a fiancé type thing. It, it was, you know, it was a done deal as far as the Jews were concerned. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, uh, she was found with child, uh, of course, we know, uh, of the Holy Ghost. Uh, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing... Uh, to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Uh, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, uh, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, uh, for that which is conceived in her uh, is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people uh, from their sins." And so we have there, uh, Joseph's Joseph is finding out that, that he's uh, with child. And then as we read there in verse 19, uh, Joseph didn't want to make her a public example. Uh, you know, in those days, Mary could have been stoned. I mean, that was the law in those days. Uh, she could have been stoned for having a, a child out of wedlock. Um, uh, but uh, Joseph, you know, it says a lot about Joseph. You know, the Bible doesn't reveal a lot about Joseph. Uh, apparently, he seems to have passed away by the time Jesus is in his adult years. Um, but if you take some time to just study Joseph, a lot of great things about Joseph. There's, there's a lot of things revealed in his actions that really attribute to a, a godly character. And uh, so uh, we see there, uh, Joseph, uh, again, didn't want to make her a public example. So this tells us, you know, there was a time when he wasn't really understanding things. Um, but uh, uh, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and uh, told him not to fear to take Mary uh, as his wife uh, because it was the work of the Holy Ghost. And, and the thing is, guys, really the same thing with Mary. We're, we're amazed that, that uh, Mary was so willing just by faith to accept what was happening, and Joseph was the same way. He was doing the very same thing. Uh, again, through faith, he was accepting that. And so, uh, praise the Lord for that. And uh, again, uh, and, and still, these folks being fairly, uh, fairly young, we're not sure how old Joseph was, but I, I do believe that he was a, a young man. Uh, and so, again, we're, we're just kind of breaking this down a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, Joseph took Mary unto him as his wife. We read about that in verse uh, 24. Uh, and uh, 25, then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth uh, her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, there are some that believe that uh, Mary never had other children. There's other Bible verses we could look at, uh, but uh, Mary would go on to have other children after she had um, after she had Jesus. So that's important to understand as well. And uh, so, so again, just, uh, we're just kind of bouncing down through this here real quick. And I know I'm going kind of quick, uh, but uh, I want to get these scriptures read so we can get into the applications. Um, and then the birth uh, and the shepherd's arrival. 
And uh, so Mary and Joseph, they go to Bethlehem because all the world was being taxed. Um, and while they're, while they're there uh, in Bethlehem, uh, Christ was born. And we have that explained in the book of Luke chapter 2. So go ahead and turn there, Luke chapter 2. It says, And it came to pass, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. <clears throat> and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee... Uh, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. And we'll look at some maps to kind of show you the distance of these places here in just a moment. Under uh, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, uh, because, it, because he was of the house and lineage of David. So being of the house and lineage of David, David was born in Bethlehem himself. And so to be taxed, that is to be accounted for, they had to go there. Now remember, she's nine months pregnant as well. And as we'll see, it's a pretty long journey, about 90 miles and, uh, and not an easy journey as well. It's a pretty rugged country. Um, and uh, verse 6, and, uh, uh, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them uh, in the inn. And uh, we uh, preached on that during Christmas time, uh, a few messages. Uh, but uh, we see there, Again, that uh, uh, Mary and Joseph, they go to Bethlehem because they're ordered to by the government at that time. Didn't matter. She was nine months pregnant. She had to go. Of course, we know it was part of God's plan as well. Uh, it was prophesied about. The angel of the Lord appeared unto the shepherds uh, uh, that were in a nearby field uh, and announced uh, the birth uh, of Christ to them first. And we see there in verse 8, and there uh, were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and, glory, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. Imagine this scene, if you will. I mean, this is an amazing thing to think about. Uh, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill, uh, toward men. And so we see there the announcement, uh, and then the shepherds go to Bethlehem, and they find Mary, they find Joseph, and they find Jesus uh, there in verse 15. Uh, uh, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Uh, and then we move along here. The shepherds uh, make known abroad the good news uh, as well. I think this is important as we'll jump back and look at this in just a moment. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad. In other words, they were telling people, amen, and uh, uh, saying, uh, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds, uh, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. But notice verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told uh, unto them. And so again, a, a wonderful thought there. Uh, I always try to imagine that scene there. It's uh, amazing to me. 
And so the birth uh, and the shepherd's arrival. Now here, again, I apologize for the sizes. We'll be working on this, but I, I think I got a little pointer on this thing. But I kind of wanted to show you a couple of things here. Right up there, whoop, wrong way. There we go. All right, so see that arrow? That's uh, where uh, Nazareth is. And, and the city of Nazareth still is, is, you know, there's still a city there called Nazareth. It's a pretty good-sized city. Um, it's east there of Haifa, Israel, if you're familiar uh, with Israel at all. And so uh, to get to Bethlehem, it's down here. Now, that whole area right in through there is very mountainous. They would have came down. I can't hold the pointer straight enough. But the... Uh, the, the east side of the country of Israel, you see the wedge there. Um, it's kind of plainsy there, but sooner or later they have to cross over those mountains to get over to Bethlehem. So it's kind of rugged. Um, I had the opportunity to go to Israel and, and spend a lot of time uh, in those areas. Uh, but that distance from those two areas is about 90 miles. Uh, and it was, it, was a hard, it was a hard journey, uh, certainly by foot uh, or you know, riding on a donkey or what have you. Uh, but it, it kind of reminds you, particularly when you cross over the mountains, it kind of reminds you of being out west. I mean, it's very arid, <laughs> you know, desert-like. And, and uh, I mean, I remember we was on this bus, and I thought, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a stagecoach or something go by. It just kind of had that feel to it. But you see there the, the distance that they had to travel uh, to get down uh, to Bethlehem. And then also kind of wanted to show you a little bit. Now, uh, you see the Dead Sea there, okay? Now, notice... Notice there's a dry spot, but you know, the Dead Sea, notice the, the bottom part. You know, that's just happened in the last, I'm going to say 10 or 15 years. That used to be solid, but it's, it's, it's drying up. Uh, and so I thought that it was dry when I was over there too. So you see the, uh, uh, you see the distance there. And then we got a little bit closer up here for you. And uh, so this right here um, is Bethlehem. And just to kind of give you an idea, there's Jerusalem right there. And so very, very close, only about six miles apart. As a matter of fact, if you go east, you'll run into the, I don't know if it's technically still called the Mount of Olives, but it's the same mountain range. And you can pretty much get in between them and see Jerusalem very clearly, and you can see Bethlehem very clearly. And so it kind of gives you a proximity of, of where things are. Of course, you see Egypt and Jordan uh, and so forth, so in the Mediterranean Sea there to your left. So just to kind of give you an idea uh, where these things are located and where they're where they're taking place. All right, so uh, the visit of the wise men, okay? And so let's go to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, and then we'll, we'll uh, kind of be done with the reading for a little bit, and we'll talk about some things. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. As we see the visit uh, from the wise men, again, um, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, how some of the traditions don't quite line up with the Bible. Uh, but now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, uh, the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And so the wise men, they, they, they come uh, to, to Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, probably uh, they were from the area of Babylon. Uh, there's a lot of speculation there, uh, especially they're concerning with the stars. That was something Babylonians were, were aware of. But I believe these men also had an understanding of where the Messiah you know, was going to be born. I mean, they, they went to the place there. And so that's an interesting study, if you ever want to study that out sometimes. Uh, sometime. Uh, but they come from the east, again, uh, probably from the Babylonian area. 
there uh, seeking for the Savior. Uh, and so, of course, this stirs up the city. And certainly King Herod, you know, he's the king. He don't like this, this other king, whoever it may be. Uh, and all Jerusalem was troubled at their saying. Uh, and so Herod meets with the wise men, but of course he has bad intentions there. I won't take time to read that, but he wants to talk to them, and he's, he's kind of picking their brains. So where's, where, where do you think this Savior is? And he says, look, it, when you find him, you come back and tell me so that I can go back and worship him. Of course, that wasn't his intention at all. He wanted to kill Jesus. And, and, and unfortunately, we won't get into that part of the lesson, uh, but he would actually have a, a lot of young baby boys killed after that trying to get get to jesus but but god intervened kind of reminds you of moses remember uh, same same type of thing uh and so then we jump on down uh when the wise men come to the house they worship jesus and present him with gold uh, gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh we'll go ahead and read that matthew chapter 2 uh, verse 9 it says, And when they heard the king, they departed, that is, King Herod. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Uh, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they, come in, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, uh, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented, him, presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. But notice verse 12, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And uh, so, so again, they, they, uh, uh, they scoot out uh, another, didn't come, come back the same way. And then you read on after that how that really upset Herod there. So, so that kind of gives us a, an overview, you know, the sequence of events uh, in some detail there. And uh, again, most of us probably knew these things, but I just thought it was important that we go back over it. So what, what we learn here, okay? And again, we'll just kind of hit these quick, and then we'll, we'll take some time for some questions or anything like that. So, so God used human instruments to bring his son into the world. I mean, let's just stop and think about that just for a second, okay? Uh, yes, it was a miracle. It was all of God, okay? But he still used people to achieve that, you know, and obviously some special people as well. Um, uh, people were used to prepare, plan, and proclaim the coming of Jesus into the world. You know, we think about the wise men, okay? Uh, the shepherds, even. Uh, and if you understand the culture of that day, shepherds really were kind of, you know, they were seen way down to the bottom in the social, you know, standing there. Uh, but God, God can use anybody, amen? And we praise the Lord for that. Uh, each person did his or her part to make the birth of Christ to happen just the way God wanted it to be. Now, let's pause there before we look at this next uh, uh, point. Now, obviously, that was, a, that was an important thing to God, right? Amen? I mean, all those things had to happen, okay? I mean, this, this is a big deal. We're talking about the birth of the Savior, okay? Now, do you think God has other plans too, though? He certainly had other plans in the New Testament as we're going to be looking at these stories. Let me ask you this. Do you think he still has big plans today? Okay. Do you still think he wants to use people today? Let me ask you this. Do you think he wants to use you? I guarantee he does. Everybody in this room, first of all, you need to be saved before you can be used of Christ. Uh, but but I, I want you to understand that as important as these things are, God, listen, why was the Savior born in the first place? Why was he born? To say, amen, amen, so people could be saved, right? Uh, now, ultimately, to glorify God, but nothing glorifies God more than people being saved, okay? So what do you think his plan for you is, ultimately? Amen. To, well, for you to be saved, but once you're saved, 
He wants to use you just like he used these people, again, to see folks saved. Amen? And so just always, just, we really need to understand that. A lot of times we, we disconnect ourselves from these people, okay? But listen, God doesn't love these people or think any more about these wonderful folks in this New Testament than he does you. Amen? You say, well, God can never use me in that way. Well, yes, he could. He used shepherds. He used wise men, all from different cultures, different backgrounds. You know, all the social and economical, none of that matters to God. Uh, he can use you, amen? And to me, that's exciting uh, uh, to, to uh, God would want to use us. And so God desires to use each of us in the same way to accomplish his will for the salvation of lost souls. You know, you guys hear your preacher say this a lot. I'm telling you, when you get a heart for souls, it really changes everything. You know, your, your decisions, your whole outlook on life uh, really, really changes. And uh, so, so that's, that's what we learn. And so I want to uh, jump over. I say, okay, so principles to be applied, all right? And uh, we'll, we'll be done here pretty quick. So principles to be applied. In other words, how we can be used to achieve uh, God's purposes. And it says there in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. So what do you all think about that right there? Any, any comments? Just, on, just, just think about Mary. So now, now remember, she's just been told that she's a virgin, yet she's going to have a child uh, because the Holy Ghost is going to come upon her. Yet, what did she say? She said, okay, right? You know. now, now, again, do you think it's any less important that we do what God calls us to do? I mean, what if, I mean Mary did say, well, how's this going to happen? Um, and I don't believe she was arguing. I think she just genuinely wanted to know how, how you know, I, I believe she knew it was going to happen, but she was just wanting to know how it was going to happen. And so I don't think there was any rebellion towards that. But, but what about us sometimes when, when God calls us to do something you know brother bob right amen mm -hmm. right sure mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm, right, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to get to this because a lot of times we, we hear a message, we read something in the Bible, and there's something that stirs our heart. Certainly that's the Holy Spirit of God. But I think sometimes, you know, I hear so many people say, well, I'm just, I'm not led, I don't feel. And what you said is exactly right. It wasn't a feeling for her. It was, okay, God has said this, and so I'm going to do it. And there's where we need to be, folks. There is where we need to be, all right? Hey, listen, there are so many reasons why not to do something for God. We can, I mean, we, you know, and as a pastor, I hear them all the time. Hey, listen, there, there's reasons why we, you know, well, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can Hey, listen, we need to, when God, when God lays something on our heart, you just, you need to do it. You need to trust Him, right? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I see too much, uh, everything has to line up, you know, everything has to be exactly right. We have to understand it all. I guarantee Mary, she heard it. She didn't really understand all the pieces put together, but she said, okay, I, I'm here. This is what we're going to do. And we need to be the same way. Brother Bob? Uh, yeah, just, just 
Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point here is just Mary was a willing vessel. We need to be the same way, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, God is going to put us in situations. He's going to reveal certain things to us that we hadn't really ever thought about before. A lot of times we're looking for things that we're interested in, that we kind of have a natural draw to. But in the ministry, I'm finding out that God will call all kinds of people to do all kinds of different things. And you can find yourself, you know, but, but we need to be willing, you know, uh, to step out again on faith. It comes down to faith, believing what God says. And uh, so that's one thing, uh, a principle that we need to apply today. So these things can certainly be uh, something we could do today. Uh, Joseph, let's talk about him for just a minute. He was an obedient servant, much like Mary, really, in many ways. Um, uh, Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. You know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole thing, guys. Uh, and took unto him his wife. He, you know, now imagine, you know, men, you know, I mean, imagine how we might feel about all this, you know, and especially in the culture of that day. I know today, you know, unfortunately, it don't mean a big thing, but it should. But, but, but he took unto him his wife. In other words, he, he you know, he knew that he needed to do these things. He trusted God, okay, uh, and uh, knew her not till, that is, until she had brought forth her first, firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Of course, we know that Mary and Joseph would go on to have uh, several sons and daughters as far as that goes. We don't know the number, but um, uh, certainly had several. Uh, but, but again, Joseph was an obedient servant. You know, um, you know when we were little kids, uh, depending on how you were raised, um, did we obey our parents when we felt like it? <laughs> Not my house anyway, okay? You know, and it's the same way with God. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, we have this, this mentality that I have to feel like it, or there has to be a parting of the Red Sea, you know, in order for God to really show me what he wants to do, you know. And that's, that's simply not true. Um, you know, somebody asked me here a while back, uh, how do I know I'm in the will of God? Okay, and uh, this is a person that's struggling and, uh, you know, how do we know we're in the will of God? Right here. You know, now what we're trying to always do is we're trying to find out the mysterious things. You know, we're, we're wanting to skip all of this where God says you ought not and you ought. You know, you ought not do this and you ought to do this. But we want to totally ignore that. We want to jump ahead and say, God, I, I need to know your will for my life. Your will for your, your life is to do what he says. Amen. I mean, do you think, do you think you're going to go on to do great things for God if you're not obedient in the smallest of matters? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, if you don't have, what's your preacher say? Faith is what? Faithfulness. Faith is faithfulness, right? And, and so again, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, I say us, but mankind, you know, we're, we're wanting to see God, we want God to do a great thing in our life when we won't even be obedient in the smallest of matters. And again, it comes down to the Word of God. Hey, listen, uh, God doesn't always reveal everything that He wants us to do, but there is so much in the Bible that He has already revealed. Focus on those things, amen? Focus on those things. Get, get, get right uh, with God, and certainly your attitude towards Scripture is your attitude towards God, by the way. How you feel about the Bible is how you feel about God. And so that's important. So G Joseph was obedient, simple, obedient, okay? Uh, and we need to be the same way. Uh, the shepherds were joyful witnesses. Um, uh, 
Luke chapter 2, verse 17 and 20, and when they had seen it, that is the birth of Christ and saw the babe, uh, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And it's the same thing for us, folks. And, and again, I like what Brother Bob said about today in this age of grace, this dispensation of grace, the church age in which you and I live, if you're saved, you have God the Holy Ghost inside of you. And, and by the way, it's not in doses. Uh, you either have the Holy Ghost or you don't, amen? <laughs> and, and so I'm saying that we have that ability to, to really a, B, a and B as well. But listen, we need... To me, it takes a little bit of humility um, to, to properly praise the Lord and, and even worship the Lord. And then there's a difference between praise and worship. I've talked to you about that before. But, but I want you guys to understand that if, if you find it hard to praise the Lord and to brag on Jesus, there's a problem there. Now, a lot of times we, well, it's just my demeanor. It's just how I am. And I understand that. Okay, and and I, I before I got saved, I was the same way. I, you know, you know, you know, stand up in front of people. You know, none of that was something that I did before I got saved. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is that there's just some things. You know, if if we really understand <laughs> what God wants to do in our life, we understand the work of the Holy Spirit. We understand what our salvation is. Okay. And again, I understand some people are more, you know, energetic. I'm not saying to pretend to be something you're not, but I'm just telling you, if you have a hard time bragging on Jesus, sharing the gospel, praising God for what he's done in your life, you need to ask God to get a hold of your heart, to change you. Don't accept that, okay? Uh, listen, uh, you know, people need to know <laughs> that uh, there's a Savior, but the best way to, for people to know that is to see the joy in our lives, I mean, that's a great testimony, okay? Uh, and so, again, are we, you know, uh, are we uh, making known, again, that key word there, abroad? You know, are we sharing the gospel every chance that we get? Uh, you know, I praise the Lord. Uh, it's growing. We have several that are going out weekly uh, that, that are doing door hangers, sharing the gospel. Those I have people telling me, hey, you know, I was talking, you know, I gave a track to the, to the cashier the other day, those types of things. And we got all the tools we need out there for it. But most of all, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. Uh, and so we could be busy about that, making known abroad. And if you don't have that fire, that desire to do that, don't accept that. Ask God to get it over your heart. I guarantee that's a prayer he will answer. <laughs> he will answer that real quickly, okay? And uh, so, again, it's just some challenging things here as we think about uh, the, the birth of Christ this morning. Brother Bob, did you throw your hand up again? Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, just as we're having trials of God, we have sorrow. Just as Joseph was here, and we grow in our lives. Sure. The same sense that when we get to that point, we have to get outside our little comfort zone, that little comfort bubble. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Amen. Amen. Right, amen. Sure, amen. Amen. Yeah, amen, amen. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, uh, we need to, you know, if we are 
you know, we, you know, it, it doesn't take a, lo a lot of faith for me to sit on this chair. I, I know it's going to hold me up, okay? <laughs> All right. Where, where faith really comes in is when God is asking us to do something that, you know, my natural, you know, man, if you will, which is not the good side of us, uh, you know, is, is telling me another thing, you know, and it takes faith to take that step. Um, I had a preacher explain this one time or, uh, I was at a revival. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember him preaching, and he said, you know, we've heard different things. He said, he said you know, you're, you're coming up to this bridge, you know, a walking bridge, and, and it looks kind of rickety, and, and, but by faith you step out on that bridge and you're walking across it, okay? And, and certainly that's true, but he, said, but he said real faith is this. He said it's going ahead and taking the step when there is no bridge, but trust in God that will be there when the foot hits it. <laughs> now that's faith, amen? <laughs> I'm not there yet, I'll just be honest, okay? But, but that's really the kind of faith we have to have because all things are possible with God, right? Amen. You know, and, and so, so again, this, these are a lot of things that we can learn as we just kind of study the birth of Christ, you know? I didn't want to make it a Christmas thing today, but just a, a practical application as we, I couldn't think of it, you know, again, we're uh, using some curriculum that I think Brother Carr and, and Miss, uh, 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 Miss Carol are using, but I kind of wanted to bring it out and, and share these things with you because I just really liked what the lessons were, were pointing, pointing towards. But what a great way to start the Bible stories of the New Testament to start with Christ's birth, amen? And uh, so praise the Lord. All right, all right, anybody else have a question or comment? Uh, Brother Leon. Right, right. Yeah, amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, amen. Amen, brother. That's good. Scripture, scripture. Miss Barbara? I have a question. Uh-huh. Uh, we started out when the decree was made by Caesar Augustus. Uh-huh. But two years later, it was King Herod. Mm-hmm. So was King, was King Herod still the king? Well, Caesar was the emperor. Herod was the kind of the puppet king there in okay. Galilee. Yeah, yeah. So Right, right, yeah. Right, right. Sure, right, yeah. Yeah, he was over Judea, and then there were others that were over different parts there. Yeah, he was the, he was the emperor of all of Rome. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, he was taxing the world, yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Great question, great question. All right, I thought, thought I saw another hand. Was there anybody else? Okay, all right. All right, so uh, next week, oh, we forgot to do this. Uh, wise men were reverent givers. Uh, certainly we need to be the same way. Uh, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child uh, with Mary. His mother fell down and worshipped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And uh, so certainly, you know, when, you know, when everything's right with God, everything is right with God. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. And uh, so uh, next week, we're going to be looking at Jesus uh, at age 12. There's the text if you want to jot that down and study over it yourself a little bit. And uh, so a good lesson as well as we kind of study some things about Christ uh, at the age of 12. All right. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So I'll work on those fonts a little bit. Now that I kind of see what it is, they could be a little bit bigger and uh, hopefully it'll be a, a little more uh, easier for you to read. All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We've got about 10 minutes. Make sure you find time to make your way over to the George's uh, 
uh, table there. Uh, good to have them with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, mercy, and your grace. And uh, Lord, just a, a great reminder, uh, Father, of all the significant things that we learn concerning the birth of Christ and all the, the folks, Lord, souls that you used uh, uh, in that. And uh, Father, as we said today, you're still, uh, you're still in the business of seeing folks saved. And Father, the plan is still what it always has been. Uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, help us as, as uh, folks, Lord, that are saved, uh, Father, to be doing our part just as those in those days did. Father, help us to be as excited about it. Uh, Father, it's still just as powerful. It's just still the same thing. And, uh, Father, uh, you sent your Son for this very reason. And so, Father, help us. We pray now for the uh, preaching hour. Pray that you be with Brother George. And, Father, that you'll give him the words that we stand in need of this morning. And just looking forward to get to know him a little bit better. And pray, dear God, that you'll speak to hearts. Uh, Father, if there's anyone here today that's not saved, uh, that through the preaching of the Word of God, their heart will be pricked and they'll see their need to be saved and accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and begin to live for you faithfully. And, uh, Father, we'll thank you for it. We'll love you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All